The movie Copycat was about a psychology professor who's an expert on serial killers. A student who attends her lectures is the copycat killer. The accused Idaho killer, Brian Koberger, was a student under Catherine Ramsland, who is the foremost expert on serial killers. Ten days before his arrest, I said the killer came in from the eastern Washington border and mentioned Pullman, and that it reminded me of the Gainesville Ripper. Did Koberger learn of the Gainesville case under Ramsland and decide to take his research to another level? Next, I give you my reasons. I've said before that this is about rejection, maybe even research too, but does Brian Koberger want you to call him the Moscow Ripper? Is that where this is all leading to? This is Chip Mahoney, and you're listening to Drowning Verdict, my true crime podcast where I talk about fascinating cases just like this one, and I go more in depth with the case. So you might have been stalking me on TikTok, where I've got some clips there of the show, but if it led you over to the window and you crept through in order to get a look at YouTube, then that's a good place to be. Um, I'm always stripping there, basically stripping for you, giving you my best episodes of DV, plus my other show called Shill Kill, where I pair a crypto and a crime together at the same time. So if you've got interest in all of that, as I do, consider a sub for the time and come back for more because I'll have more for you. If you are coming back after doing the drive-by and you turn the car around, you drop the clip, and you're like, I'm going to check this guy out again, see if it meets my criteria for this stuff, then I want to thank you for that. High fives. I'm going to give you the best I got for now and maybe even make it a topic of convo for uh, people that you know that might be interested in this stuff and you can continue that conversation. So basically, I want to make you look good if I can. So thanks for being here. Uh, You know, this case is totally fascinating, and it is a big, big deal. But what the heck is the motive? Cops say they know who, which is Brian Koberger, the accused, but they don't know why. Well, I've talked about the why in a couple episodes And I talked about it in my double rejection episode, and I talked about it further in my research and rejection. So consider this episode part of that because this stuff is evolving. But first, let's go back a little ways and talk about Brian Koberger, the subject here. And we'll go from there into what I feel is another thing that is, uh, I would say, enlightening to this case. Is he a copycat killer? Some of the stuff I'm going to say today, I'm going to try and prove that, even though I have no proof. So hang with me for that. But This guy was captured, of course, in Pennsylvania, where he is from. That's where he started his education and grew up and so forth and went to a place called DeSalle's University. That's in the Lehigh Valley area. Where in Pennsylvania, they've got a million small colleges, and that's just one of them. So he was there before he got over to Washington State. 
And of course, that border area into Idaho is about 10 to 15 miles or minute minutes uh, for that. And I said in my double rejection theory episode, I said that the killer came from Washington, from Eastern Washington into Idaho. He did not live in Idaho. He didn't go to college there. He possibly was rejected by that college. Uh, but I said, that's where he came from. And I mentioned Pullman. Turns out dude was a grad student, finished his first semester as a PhD in criminology. So that's a new one for me, but I'm going to get into some of the things why uh, I did say that this was a mystery. I'm going to match it up to this uh, copycat scenario I'm talking about today. So I said that it was about rejection. I said it could have been about research as well because he had studied under a person named Catherine Ramsland, who is the foremost expert on serial killers, on forensics, all of it. You couldn't get any better than her. And yet he was a student of hers at DeSalle's when he was going through those courses. And she's written a ton of books, but one of the books I'm going to talk about is Inside the Mind of a Serial Killer. And she asks a question, why do they kill? She profiles a lot of serial killers in there. And she talks about one that I had also mentioned in the double rejection. I said that this case reminded me a lot about the Gainesville Ripper. I just got that feeling. And that's someone she mentions in that book, talks about Danny Rowling. So I wonder if Koberger was a protege for that. He got into that stuff, he learned about serial killers, and maybe he wanted to emulate one himself. And this is why I say, you know, and I ask that question, is it a copycat killer? Because in 1995, there was a movie called Copycat, and there's a psychology professor who gives lectures and there's a student who attends her lectures and she's the foremost expert on guess what serial killers working with the FBI copycat from 1995 not a bad movie did he get inspired by one of the serial killers like Danny Rowling and want to copycat that stuff in what happened over there in Florida or at least some of it, because in the movie Copycat, the copycat killer is inspired by other serial killers and he emulates them. And that's kind of how they figure out that narrative and get through the plot line. So you have the psychology professor, the foremost expert on serial killers, works with the FBI. That's Ramsland. Then you've got the killer, the copycat killer, who is taking over um, where other killers, I guess, left off, but he is emulating him. Now, is that Brian Koberger? I said it was about rejection, could have been about research, but is he a copycat? Was he inspired to kill? Well, let's talk about the Gainesville guy, because in 1990, that was Danny Rowling, who killed five students at the University of Florida. A lot of things that he did are similar to Idaho. He used a knife. He used a K-bar knife. Cops say in Idaho, that's the weapon of choice. They can't find it but they say it was a K-bar. Rowling broke in to the houses with a screwdriver through the back door, off-campus houses. They weren't part of a frat. They weren't on campus. These were dwellings outside of the campus area, just like in Idaho. And he broke in that way. And I think that's what happened in Idaho as well. But he broke in and he was there laying in wait. Um, 
the killer here in Idaho was in the property before they found his DNA. And I've said that he was there either at a party or some other gather, gathering when there was a lot of people coming and going. And I thought that he had an interaction with one of the girls and was rejected by her in person. That's where I came up with that idea about it because I said for one girl, they all died. And I'll get into that a little bit here. But the victims in the rolling case, for the most part, were asleep. He attacked them when they were sleeping, used that knife. There was also an upstairs and downstairs element to the rolling case. There was upstairs uh, person in the upstairs room, also the downstairs room as well. So he went between levels. That happened in Idaho, second and third level. There was actual blood dripping out through the floorboards that you could see on the outside of the house in Idaho. That makes for a scary scene. Rolling left a scary scene as well. In fact, it inspired the original OG Scream from 1996. So you got the K-Bar. You got the uh, laying in wait, breaking in the property, waiting for the victims, waiting for them to fall asleep, and then the upstairs and downstairs aspect, and then all the blood and all the gore. And I think that's what happened here because I think the killer here in Idaho was in the property before, was rejected by one of the girls, and she probably didn't find it to be serious at all. Maybe it was just at a party or gathering where people were coming and going. And in fact, online, they show videos of the cops being there and the people that are renting the home uh, who live there aren't even there and there's parties going on. So that lends itself to people coming and going. His DNA was found in there. They said it's because of genetic genealogy that they traced it back to him, which would be through cousins in a family tree. And of course, having the white Elantra probably made it a little bit more easy for them to narrow down on a suspect so soon because genetic genealogy usually takes months and months. So he was in the property. He had stalked them. And I thought... And I said, because of that rejection, that he stalked her online, saw the closeness with her friend, her roommate, and that other couple. And that's what put it into motion. But was he inspired by the Gainesville Ripper? Does he want you to call him the Moscow Ripper in the future? Is there a, a method to the madness here? Is there a method to the madness? I wonder because the movie copycat is so similar. It's different, but it's so similar. You could not portray it any uh, more accurate than having uh, somebody like Sigourney Weaver, the actress, play that role. And that's Catherine Ramsland. I mean, they're, they're like one and the same. If you, if you want to just put it together and write that movie, that's what it would be. And then you have the student listening to the lectures, being a part of that education, that that research, that clinical aspect to it, and then picking serial killers that she talks about in order to emulate. Now, it wasn't just one serial killer. It was multiple. But I wonder if Rowling was discussed in class, inside the mind of a serial killer book. Now, she wrote multitudes of books, but that one kind of uh, called out to me. And I wonder if that was part of the education where it's introduced to that serial killer and then taking it a step further from research into action. And what happens when you're doing your research and you're kind of being that creepy guy in your place alone that the neighbors don't talk to you very much, but they kind of see you as being a strange guy. But what happens when you go to a party and you want to socialize and you see a girl that you want to talk to and she shoots you down and maybe you think that you're much better than 
she even knows you are, but she turns you down and rejects you like you're rejected in high school. Some of the things that have come out there and that just sets you off. And then you see the opportunity to go from research into action and create that copycat. I don't think there's going to be any confession here. I think the family is standing behind him. He says he wants to be exonerated. It's through his lawyer that these uh, words have come out. And there's DNA evidence. There's a lot of this stuff here, but there is no motive. There's no, no motive that we can know of. But there's also something that one of the parents said of one of the victims, that they feel that there's a connection to Koberger that they haven't said yet. And I wonder if somehow, some way that they can find that link and learn more about it. Because I, I really would be surprised if it wasn't about rejection, if it wasn't about don't talk to me or go away and just made him feel like crap. And then he went back to Washington State, hung his head. Then he started doing the research, the social media stalking and seeing how close she was with the other girl, close with the other couple, and then just dialed into that to go from research into action and then create that scene because it's very similar to some of the elements that I find in Gainesville, especially the gore and the mystery. Because I said in the double rejection theory, I said, this killer set it up like a movie. I said that Scream 6 is going to be in New York. Scream 7, Moscow, Idaho. You're going to have to have the detective, the hardened detective, come in in the third act and solve this crime and tangle with the killer. That's the kind of mystery that's set up. So it really didn't seem that it was impulsive. It didn't seem that it was um, something that was more traditional. It seemed non-traditional and that it had a lot of scary elements to it. And that's what I'm finding out in this parallel to copycat the movie from 1995, because it is eerily similar. So was he ultimately setting this up as a copycat? And some of those motivation factors had to do with that rejection and what I call the double rejection as well. So you'll have to check out those episodes if you haven't and let me know because when this stuff comes out, he's extradited from Pennsylvania into Idaho, which uh, could be this week. Hopefully we'll find out more about a motive, but I don't think so. I don't think there's going to be a confession and it's going to be interesting how this all plays out. So what do you think? Does it hold any weight for you? Is Brian Koberger a copycat killer? Was he rejected? Was it for the research? Did he want to know how it felt when he asked other people how it felt to commit a crime? And then he stepped in to being the criminal and he wanted to do it just like somebody like Danny Rowling and maybe get that movie made, maybe get that Scream 7. Shit, I wonder. Well, this is Chip Mahoney. I'm going to sign off on DV on this episode. Thank you for joining me. I'll have more for you. But on this one, I'm out. Good night.